Well, our first steps this Easter morning are to a different kind of place. Look around and see where we are. This does not look like a place of resurrection. For many in the world, this is the place of the end of life. We meet on this Easter Sunday in the same place that Mary Magdalene went that first Easter Sunday. We meet in a graveyard. For her world and our world, this is a walk to the place of endings. This is the walk to the place of death. She is going to finish the job of burial and she is going to mourn her deep loss. Hear the words of verse 1 of chapter 20 of John's Gospel. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. We will never forget Easter 2020. As you know, it was projected that this week we would see some of the worst impact of the COVID-19 virus. We heard those words as a nation and as individuals, and we braced for impact. It has been hard on many. And now Easter sits in the middle of all of that. Now, let me be clear, though. I do not believe there is a divine intention to the arrival of Easter Sunday in the middle of the anticipated apex of the coronavirus pandemic in the United States. But I can't help but be drawn to this parallel. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. Most of our images of that first Easter are bright and happy, but where she was at that moment was anything but that. And it was still dark outside and within her. Grief and sadness know no time schedule, so this first day of the week for her could be any day of the week for any of us. I imagine her heavy heart translates to heavy legs, and she does not want to take this walk. She has waded through the long weekend. It was probably the most joyless Saturday Sabbath of her life. She wanted to be walking to greet Jesus, not to finalize his burial. What a way to begin her week. And death still hangs in the air for her. Sadness and grief have no good timing. They breathe over our souls like an emotional pandemic. And we are left breathless. Where do we find a breath of life? These days when we find ourselves in lockdown from the unseen darkness of a pandemic that has upended our economy, revealed the powerlessness of the powerful, and exposed the emptiness of our trust in material things and our own self-promoted resources, in the middle of this, Easter has something to say to us. In some ways, as we enter Easter 2020, we enter when it is dark. But the pandemic has not created a new darkness. Rather, really, it has revealed much of the stubborn darkness that already exists in our world. Greed, fear, death. But what we learn from Mary's walk to a graveyard is that this is the perfect time and place for Easter. The place where the world sees only darkness and death is actually the place Easter is made for. Resurrection is made for the dark. Watch Mary again. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. She had to be disoriented. She was unsure of what to make of it because, you see, she knew Jesus said he would rise again. 
But she lost sight of that. And just as she lost sight of that in these days of disorientation, I am tempted to lose sight of his promised presence in my life. I am tempted to give in to uncertainty and fear. But we are not people of fear, but of faith. We know with the stone rolled away, the breath of resurrection life was released for our souls to breathe through faith in Jesus. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? You see, the resurrection of Jesus let loose in our world a new power that changed the rules of death and life. The power to restore what is broken. The power to heal what is hurting. The power to reclaim what is lost. The power for new life and renewed hope. Jesus Christ begins his great project of making all things new when the tomb was empty. So the resurrection of Jesus offers us the peace that passes all understanding, a confidence that the future can be entrusted into the hands of the one who will someday make all things right, and that the victory over death gives us hope, not fear, and hope over fear. We also know this, though. Mary's story does not end in the graveyard. Ours does not have to either. I love the first and last verses of our Easter text today. Verse 1, remember, she saw the stone was rolled away. And then in verse 18, she announces to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. As Mary comes to the tomb, she is blinded by her grief and sorrow. And the world she looks at is dark and despairing. That's her lens with which she looks through. Even after seeing the stone is removed, even after disciples come there with her and verify that the tomb is empty, and they leave believing, even then she is left in a pool of sadness. Many in our days, in these days, have encountered lost. They've been thrust into watching dreams die and job security fade, and the death of a future once thought secure, and even the grief over lives lost. Like Mary, we may be asking, where is our Lord, as she asked. Someone has taken him away. But then Jesus meets her and asks the most essential question of that Easter Sunday morning, that first Easter Sunday and this Easter Sunday. He asks, who is it you are looking for, in verse 15? It is a persistent question from Jesus. The very first words recorded in John's gospel that belong to Jesus are a question, what are you looking for, in chapter 1? And the night in the garden, just before the crucifixion, as the religious and Roman thugs came to arrest him, he asks, whom are you looking for? Jesus asks us the same question in the midst of these strange and unsettling days. Who are you looking for? What are you looking for to calm your heart, to give you peace, to find strength to face the unknown? As Mary gives voice to the disorientation and heartache she knows, Jesus shows up. The Christ who is risen lifts Mary's broken spirit with one word. Uh, the one word is her name. Jesus said to her, Mary. It had to be the sound of his voice. It had to be something distinct about the way Jesus called her name, but calling her name as only he could. And she knows this. She knows Jesus is with her. 
But what's important to remember is that her circumstances really, in most ways, were left unchanged. The murderous Romans are still ruling. A corrupt religious system still retains hold. An unknown future still hangs in the air and in the balance. But there is one difference here. There is one difference. I have seen the Lord, she said. You see, what happened was the way she viewed the world has changed. It shifted when she saw him, when she knew she was with him. And once again, she can view the world through and in the presence of Jesus. And she was never the same again. It's true for us as well. The Apostle Paul said this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Paul the Apostle is not advocating a pie-in-the-sky positivity. He's not suggesting we put a happy face on suffering. He is pointing to the difference-making power of the resurrection. It changes the way we see the world. It changes the way we think about life. It changes the way we face suffering. It changes, even transforms the way we see death. Nothing so fundamentally alters the course of life than a true encounter and relationship with the living Christ. And this morning, right this morning, April 12th, 2020, in the middle of what some think may be the apex of this pandemic, our churches may stand empty. And I mourn and grieve that separation that we have from one another. But we must remember this. The tomb is still empty as well. And Jesus is calling our names. He is calling as only he can And he knows us. He knows you. He knows me. He knows exactly where you are and what you are facing. And his call is still true. Remember his words? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He just says, come to me. He calls out Mary's name, and he's saying, Mary, come to me. And he calls out your name, and he's saying, Come to me. And like Mary, we can know joy in the midst of grief. In our Christian faith, grief and hope exist together as our firm certainty in the cross and resurrection of Jesus carries us. Because of that certainty, we can hope again when it seems hopeless. We can love instead of giving in to fear. We can dream again, even in the midst of an uncertain future. And we can face a COVID-19 world, and whatever is to come, and all the realities of life and death and everything between, because the stone has been rolled away. The tomb is still empty, and there we find comfort, even in the graveyard of lost dreams and dashed hopes and life-robbing circumstances and paralyzing grief. For in the midst of it, the one who rose from the dead will give us grace to rise again ourselves, to new life, because he is with us. This place looks like death. This time that feels like loss, well, resurrection is made for this place and this time. New hope, new life, new future, 
life-defeating death. That is God's specialty. And so this Holy Week, while it is still dark, the very presence of the life of Jesus is with us. And as the poet said, retell, renew the event, for we were there and he is here. And because of that, it is always the third day. Let us turn to him. Resurrection is made for this day, for the tomb remains empty. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.